I got a question to ask you. Have you ever read a message from yourself that made you chuckle and feel sad all at the same time? Well, I was going through my old emails and I came upon an email that I wrote in 2010 or just really long time ago. And it was pre my husband. And in the message, I'm talking about this boyfriend and I'm I could tell I was probably like exasperated and crying and hysterical and angry, just a hot mess of stuff. And in the message I said, I don't know how I can deal with him. He doesn't understand me. This is over, but I need help and I love him. And I really need your opinion, but I don't really want your advice because I think I need to let him go. And I wrote all this garbled crap and I'm just like sitting there reading this message. I'm going, oh my goodness, I can't believe I was going through all this stuff. And so my question to you is, are you in a situation right now where you're thinking about your current relationship, your specifically your romantic relationship, and you're thinking, I love him, but I hate him. I love her, but she's frustrated. What do I do? Listen to today's episode. We're going to be breaking down exactly how to communicate with your partner. It doesn't matter if you're married or if you're in a partnership or whatever your situation, I got you. So we're going to break down healthy communication and romantic relationships coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And you may be thinking, okay, Denise, you just said you're a life coach specializing in traumas and addiction. Why are you sitting here talking right now about relationships, specifically romantic relationships? You didn't say you're a relationship coach or a sex coach or whatever that kind of romance type thing. Why are we talking about that? Well, glad you asked. As part of being a life coach, It's called life for a reason. And I do talk about communication tips specifically with the relationships that matter the most to us. And right now, the matter of the heart is such an important issue. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because in order for you to have a healthy relationship with yourself, you have to be able to be able to communicate your wants, your needs, your desires, and most importantly, how you want to relate to other people in all areas of your life, and especially in the ones that matter most. So that being said, before I get further into this episode, I've just got some housekeeping things I want to share with you, and then we'll get right into it. First of all, if this is your very first time listening, what up? I'm giving you a fist bump right now, like boom. (laughs) So glad that you're here. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new one, which is usually on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for right now, Please don't hold me accountable because, you know, life happens. Things, you know, things happen, you know. Then you'll be able to listen to a hot, fresh one right off the burner. And if you have been listening, if you have been on this wild journey called recovery and healing and just learning how to navigate life as a business owner, as a human being, trying to do the best job that you can, I would greatly appreciate you sharing this podcast with other people. Look, this is a community. I don't want you to be, I don't want me to be your best kept secret. It's just like me and you and your smartphone and nobody else knows about you. And this conversation that we're having, because here's the thing, you might be talking about having your wants respected, setting clear boundaries, 51% valuable. And you're going to be saying all these buzzwords, like I'm going to be saying. And the other person be like, What are you talking about? (laughs) The only way they know what you're talking about is if we're all on the same page. All right. 
So sharing this podcast helps us to be able to amplify these type of conversations. So we have a, a lot less drama and confusion. And Lord knows in this day and age, post-COVID and inflation and all the stuff that we got going on and wars and, and stuff, we just need like a little bit of calm and peace and serenity. You feel me? I'm hoping that we're on that same page. Also, if you would love to get to know me and my story, my all of who I am, check out DeniseGLee.com. There I will just adorn you with knowledge galore, information about me, courses, articles, like I've got you in all different angles. And making sure that you get the support that you need Please connect with me via social media. Check me out on X Twitter at Denise G. Lee. There, I am just completely unfiltered, raw, and honest, just the way you are hearing me speak right now. I am typing fire on that screen for you to read. And <laughs> and I do that because for a lot of us, we have just become accustomed to dysfunction. And I'm, I'm just tired of a world full of platitudes and cheap comments to finally read honest, raw conversations about what it is to be healing from a trauma, what it is to be relating with others after an addiction issue. Like, what does that really look like? And that's what why I'm encouraging for us to connect via social media. So if you haven't done so already, let's connect via social media. Let's be homeboys, homegirls on social media. All right. I know I've talked a lot. One last thing I just want to say is that if you are on Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. Check out anchor.fm slash Denise G. Lee. There you'll be able to send me a voicemail message. Please let me know in the beginning or the end of the voicemail message whether or not I have permission to air your message in the upcoming podcast. I want to respect your privacy. And if you don't want people to hear your voice, then I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. So just help me out on that. All right. All right. Now let's get into today's conversation about honest communication with your spouse or romantic partner. It was funny. I was talking with a client the other day and they asked me like, how can people be in a relationship long term? And then they were starting to come down the line with me and say, well, you know, that uh, marriages specifically are, we're done for contractual purposes for, for consolidation of wealth. And it's just not practical because humans are not monogamous by nature. And as they were talking about that, I was thinking about David Buss's book, Evolution of Desire, that actually has proven evolutionary that they said vast majority of people are not monogamous by nature. We all have a desire to be with a lot of people being polyamorous. So I understand it on a biological animalistic type of way, why it is hard for us to want to stay connected with people. And moreover, if your relationship is based on lust You've got only a three-year window of being with someone. The first year, you're all in love and you're having great sex and everything's awesome. The second year, you're starting to get to really know each other and you ain't like it. Then the third year, you want to break loose. And it's so hilarious when I go online and I hear about these relationships, these Hollywood romances that barely last three years. And it's because either for status, power, 
but more likely than not, it's about lust, not about connection, not about healthy communication. And that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into it, I just want you to understand that while I'm not a romantic relationship coach, I am a trauma addiction specialist. And I definitely know that for some of you guys who are listening, you might have been in a serial relationship where the moment stuff gets rough, the moment you see the flaws, the moment you see funky things about them, you want to cut loose as soon as possible. I mean, I know from for myself, I even, even I still to this day, I struggle with it, but more in platonic relationship where I have this glimmer of perfection that I want to see in people. And as soon as they show who they are, I want to, I just want to just bail. And what I really want us to understand and really break down in this, these, these kind of conversations that we're going to be having is that if you're expecting perfection from imperfect people, that's something that you really going to have to break down and ask yourself, okay, what is really going on with me? Am I really expecting things from others that I can myself can't deliver? Because if we're going to have some honest conversations and honest communication with other people, the first and most important conversation is going to be with yourself. This is the time where I wanted you to start really asking yourself, like, where is my idea of what a partner comes from? Now, I, if you know me, if you've been listening to me quite some time, I don't hide that I come from the Carl Jung School of Philosophy. Carl Jung uh, is a famous psychoanalyst. And, and I also am influenced a little bit by Freud, but much more than Carl Jung. And Carl Jung has the, the idea of the archetypes. And the archetypes are basically how we relate to other people is based on how we have related to people from our past. And so let's break that down what that really looks like. For example, I'll never forget how my relationship with my ex-fiance Jason ended. It was very clear that we were in a very twisted, dysfunctional, codependent relationship where as soon as I got engaged with him, I started drinking heavily. I got engaged with him because I was fearful that I was unworthy of being loved. He also felt unworthy of being loved because he was he 400 pounds five foot ten what do you think he was a little on the chunky side and we both felt unlovable for me for my addiction issues I was drinking heavily from him because of his overeating issues so we both were struggling with our own respective addiction issues so coming together was not a good idea but anyway I remember how everything kind of just really died off when I said to him in a fit of rage I can't be your mother and this was years, like, we're talking about like 15, 20 years ago, folks. Like, I remember having that conversation and he broke down in tears. Now think about it. Why does somebody break down in tears when you say, say something? Because it's hitting home, right? Because it's hitting home to something about them they really wanted to receive. And so getting back to the archetype, I was the proxy mother of his dominating and controlling mother and I saw through my interactions with his mother how we were very similar very controlling very structured about how we wanted things to go and why we wanted things to go certain ways and I realized that 
the stress of trying to mother him, a grown ass man, was actually making me want to die inside. And I was doing that through drinking. So part one of our healthy communication is that healthy communication with ourselves. Okay. And healthy communication with ourselves can be very daunting as if you grew up in a childhood where you're always told to be perfect, hurry up, be strong, never complain, do what's right, always do what other people expect of you. And so that sense of you, your identity becomes non-existent. You're just a performer. You're just performance oriented and you carry that energy, not just into your work, but it spills over into your romantic relationships. And for some of you guys, you may be hooked up with a partner right now. That is a resemblance of your mom or your dad, or maybe a hybrid of them. Like, let's get real. This is the time I really want you to ask yourself. And maybe you have some warped understanding of what it is to relate with people based on what you saw your parents and their their own relationship. And Lord knows, I learned <laughs> from my relationship with my father that you're supposed to find men who are broken and wounded and try to fix them like a project. But the problem with trying to fix a project is you'll find that they're always constantly behind schedule and over budget and it really hit me hard to be honest and say that man yo like I, I was part of that drama it wasn't just them acting crazy I was also on stage in fact I was the producer I was the creative director of the drama called my relationship and I, I know that you're maybe listening going like, Denise, like, let's just get straight to the honest communication with other people. Why are we talking about me so much? The fact of the matter is, in order for you to be able to have honest conversation is to get real. All of you, all the parts of you, being a relationship requires two whole people not two half people trying to get together and kind of stumble and fumble their way into some type of partnership. And you may have observed it with your family. You may have observed it with some of your own close close relationships you've had with your friends because, look, birds of the same feather flock together. And so you're not going to relate with people who are relating in ways that seem abnormal and different to you. You know what I'm saying? It's about you understanding that your part of the relationship is just as important as how you communicate with them. And so what we're going to be doing in the next part of our conversation is I'm going to give you some very practical tips about how we're going to be able to communicate with people when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling frustrated, when we're, when we feel like as if, man, I just, I just want to cut this cut, cut ties and just, just be done with this person. There may be something worth salvaging and I want to share with you how to do it coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. I'm so glad that you had the fortitude, resilience, and humility to listen to the first part of this podcast episode about communicating with your spouse or partner. I know you probably came here with information about how to get back at that SOB or the B-I-T-C-H or whatever pejorative <laughs> that just catches your eye right now. But look, look, 
I really appreciate your willingness to see that maybe there's another angle that you haven't considered. And so I'm grateful for that. And what I want to do now is I want to talk with you about some other things about when you're caught up in those moments where you feel as if you want to leave or perhaps you need to leave and you just don't know if you should leave. Or, And most importantly, I want to talk about how you can be able to communicate in those moments of stress and frustration. And this is what we're going to be talking about in this last part of our time with one another because I just don't want you to feel beat up and just have like no other resource available. I want to support you. So let's get into it. The first thing I want to talk with you about is love. It's time to get unaddicted to the rage. And I know for some of you guys, going from zero to pissed off in zero seconds is like normal for you. In fact, for a lot of us who grew up in pain-filled environments, being irritated and frustrated is your steady state of normal. But that doesn't fly in a healthy relationship where we're able to communicate our wants and our needs without trying to put someone down in the process. So we're going to have to come at it from a different angle. I'll never forget, I've read, I read a lot of psychology books. And one of the, every once in a while, they, there's a little gem or a little funny excerpt within a book. Now, and specifically, I'm thinking about the book Feeling Good by Dr. David M. Burns. And in it, he talks about this story about killing your partner with kindness. There's a section within the book that has a story about a married woman whose husband went to live with his girlfriend. And obviously the the wife was upset, but she noticed that from time to time her husband would call her and just kind of ask how she was doing. And she really instinctively just wanted to call him an SOB, unfaithful, no good, supper, supper, supper. And with Obviously, professional support, she was guided into a different way of communicating. And I want to share with you the little part of how they communicated in a different way that was familiar yet unhelpful. The guidance that she got was every time the husband called, be enthusiastic be positive. And the moment that the conversation seemed like it was kind of dying down or stale or she wanted to say something negative, she was to cut the conversation short, just make a polite excuse and just say nothing. And so when the husband did call on occasion, she would notate how long and how often. And so she continued this for a few months where the husband would call and she noticed that over time that the frequency of the calls would increase as well as the duration, how long they talk. And as soon as she felt irritated or as soon as the husband would want to talk about the girlfriend or what, what was going on in his life that frustrated her, she would resist the urge to say something negative and just turn around and say something positive. And then... Something interesting happened. The husband asked if he could come by and pick up a couple of things. And instead of saying, well, why don't you come and move in? She said nothing. She was polite. And in fact, when he did come to visit, 
the woman made sure that he, she, she, she greeted him and said, hey, I've got this nice box of cigars that I know that you love. And the husband was taken aback. He was like, wow, this is awesome. And <clears throat> she was polite. She was cordial. She didn't say anything. And after a while, the husband started to show the same and loving, enduring things that she came to know and love about him when they got married. <clears throat> and then over time, the husband actually asked to move back in. She said that the the husband said that the girlfriend was acting the fool and she was very irritated and ironically doing the exact same behavioral that caused him to want to move out and live with the girlfriend. Irony upon irony. And the point I'm trying to say with the story is not to ignore obvious problems that are going on in the relationship. But my question to you is, are your desire about keeping a relationship that is at least 51% valuable, meaning that at the worst situation, the worst case scenario, you see some glimmer of hope, some value in the relationship. And if so, now is the time to kill him of kindness. Now is the time to come at it from an angle of love and care and sincerity. And I know we live in a culture that wants to say, well, if they don't treat you right, you better tell them off or you better rage at them. And while that advice makes great TV, a great book or novel, it makes lousy relationships. And so what I'd like to do is ask you to resist the urge, resist it, oh my goodness, to want to say things angrily. If you need a moment, love, go into your closet, go into your bathroom, close that door and breathe and take a few minutes. I want you to go and take a journal and I want you to start writing down all the things that you love about your spouse or your partner. Oftentimes when we're angry, oftentimes when we're frustrated, oftentimes when we just want to end things, we just have amnesia about a, our imperfections, as I, we talked about in the, the beginning of our, our time with one another, but we also forget about all the good things that we love about them. If we're going to have honest communication, it can't be from that place of anger. So in order for you to be able to get to that place where you're honest and you're sincere, it also require it mandates you also it actually mandates you to be able to pause and ask yourself whether or not your behavior may be in part of the creation of the confusion to begin with. This is something that I want you to ask yourself. And for a lot of us, we're just going on autopilot, repeating the practices and the tendencies that we observe from our family members, specifically our mother, our father. And while that may have been familiar to you, is it helpful? Is it needed? Is it necessary? If it's not, now is the time for you to start reevaluating certain things. Your relationship, your specifically your romantic relationship, can't be hinged on repeating dramas that never helped your parents and is definitely not helping you. So ask yourself right now, are there things that need to go? Can I kill them with kindness? Can I see my part in the relationship that caused problems? And this is the part where you're going to have to be honest with yourself and say, you know what? Dang, I need to own up to certain things. Man, I need to be a little bit more gentler in my speech. Maybe I need to write a letter or two or three to myself and then the other person. Right? 
Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is this idea of communicating your boundaries. A lot of times the reason why we're having communication issues, the reason why we're not being able to get our needs met is either our, really, our expectations were neither asked for or it was assumed. And let me break it down uh, in, in, a, in a kind of fun, comical way. This is where I get a little personal and share a little bit about me. My husband is the dishwasher Nazi in our home. He is the one that wants everything done in a certain way. He doesn't give a damn about like who, who, who cooks or how the house gets clean. But that dishwasher, oh my goodness, he will light you up if that spoon or that fork is placed in the wrong way. And you know, as much as I like to say that I'm controlled and organized and trying to get everything lined up nice and neat, you know, I just kind of slam kind of anything. Sometimes I'll close my eyes. I'll close my eyes and just kind of throw something in there. I've been known to literally use to my husband's chagrin, close the, the dishwasher with my foot, you know, if I'm busy or just not really caring, honestly. And it just irritates my husband to no end. And him trying to talk with me, him trying to explain stuff to me about, honey, this is where the forks go, this is where the spoons go, this is what all this goes to no avail. So he came to me one day and he was like, hey, I saw this really cool video about loading the dishwasher. Would you like to, to see it? And he came to me with a really polite, kind of honest to earth just very humble attitude. I was like, hey, all right. He's not trying to ram advice to me. And we sat there and we watched the video together. And we we both realized that he nor I was loading the dishwasher correctly. And so we both got some tips about how to do that. And, you know, things are still a work in progress with me because I'm coming from a place of zero discipline with loading the dishwasher. But instead of yelling and barking at me when I, I, I commit the sin of putting the fork in the wrong area or the spoon overlapping a, a spatula, he comes and says, you know what, honey, I know that you're doing your best right now. Are you interested in seeing some other ways so that we can be able to save money on our dish, dishwashing costs? Instead of trying to blame me or shame me he's being clear about why it's important to both of us how he appreciates me and why it matters so we're going to do with communicating our boundaries it's not about you should do this you shouldn't do this i hate this you should you should do it this way it's about why it's a win-win for both of us and so my question to you is when you're thinking about this, something that's irritating you with, with relationship with your partner or spouse, with your kids or organizing your dishwasher or whatever else you got going on, are you thinking about it from a win-win perspective or are you thinking about getting them in line and making sure they do it your way no matter what? Now, I got a kid. Do you got a kid? I know when I try to jam my kid up the wall and force them to do things without having them think about their contribution, their part of the, of the, situ, the situation, there's nothing but resentment and hostility. So my question for you now is, how can you think when, when, when? How can you connect in a way where everyone is enjoying each other's company? 
That's the challenge that I want to ask you. And once you're willing to have that moment of reflection going, man, I need to be able to connect in a way where people aren't feeling defensive, then maybe we can be able to minimize or if not prevent, not all types of confusion, but at least a huge chunk of it, okay? Now, how do we be able to just come at it from a very calm and clear mind? Well, my question to you is, are you taking care of yourself? Are you making sure that you get enough sleep? How's your sleep hygiene? Are you sleeping in a very cool room with light layered uh, sheets? Are you wearing breathable fabric? Are you sleeping with a with your phone beside you cradled? <laughs> Are you watching violent things and then having those violent things kind of go back and forth in your mind? I'm going to be talking with a very interesting uh, a professional about sleep, sleep pathologies, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about actually some physiological things that in, may interrupt your sleep, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really fun conversation. But for a lot of us, the reason why we're irritated and downright frustrated is because we're not taking care of the basics, our, our, our sleep hygiene, the things that we eat, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to things that are challenging, and then we're spilling over that insanity over to our partner or our spouse. And that's not how we have healthy communications is when we're feeling frustrated. And maybe this is the honest time for you to start be asking yourself, Am I getting enough exercise? Am I indulging in things that make me feel good about myself? One of the things that I, I do, and everybody just leave me the hell alone when I'm doing this, is when I'm in the zone cooking something. I am addicted to learning about cooking. I mean, so much so, I literally have cookbooks where I actually write down notes and me, and I actually kind of edit things along the way to see if I can make a shortcut or may, maybe improve or refine it in certain ways. And when I'm in my element cooking, like that allows me to have my creative juices run wild. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a little fun when I'm obviously we're talking for another on our time via this podcast. And I, you see my fun creative side via my written work, but Cooking is something that really delights me. And so my question to you is, part of the reason you're feeling freaking miserable about your relationship is because you're ignoring the things that give you vitality, give you strength, give you a sense of purpose. We all need three things in this world. Someone to love, something to do, something to look forward to. For. And maybe you need to get back to the things that you love that don't involve your spouse because your spouse was attracted to all the things that made you interesting so they could be interested in you. But if you fall away from all that stuff, then you just become crabby, man, and that sucks being around you. I don't want that to be you, love. You got to be more than just taking care of things, running your business, whatever you got going on in your life, all that other stuff. You got to be for you before you can try to connect with other people. Now, I know I said a whole lot in our time with one another, and I don't mean to beat you down, love. I don't mean to make you feel like, oh, shit, Denise, man, you, if you don't know my relationship with so-and-so. Like, I don't know your relationship, but I do know that a lot of communication errors start from faulty assumptions. They start from lack of taking care of yourself. It starts from 
repeating messages from the past. I know that for a fact. So if you're honest and brave and willing to have those conversations with yourself first and foremost, then it's inevitable that you can be able to communicate. Kill them with kindness, love. If you find value, but if you don't find value, then it's time for you to move on. And it doesn't matter if you've been in a relationship with them for 15, 20 plus years. If this person is not willing to work with you, if they're not willing to negotiate, and you know you've given your best fate foot forward, you know that you've tried your best. It's, I understand people say, oh, well, I want to connect, the, keep my family together. Well, there's no family if only one person is committed to a relationship. It doesn't work that way. All relationships inevitably end with divorce or death. And if it's not working out, you owe it to yourself and your life to have a real and healthy relationship. Separate if you must. Not saying it has to go straight to divorce. But if it's dead, be honest and be real with you. All right. Now, obviously, that's a lot to, uh, uh, that's a really heavy load to end on. And so, please, if you need more support, don't hesitate to connect with me. And via my website, denisegeely.com, or social media, Denise Geely. want to support you either way. And if you found value in this, this conversation, if you believe that it is helpful in any way, please don't hesitate to share with someone else. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Please understand that relationships are not easy. It's not, this conversation in and within itself is not going to be the solution. But at least I hope that it will give you some perspective that you may not have considered. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.